Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Irene Barsky has created a conscious, powerful, filler-free skincare line with every ingredient carefully selected. And today I sit down with her to learn exactly how she's built her brand. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secret. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far and so I've decided to launch this podcast as a way to connect and hopefully learn from fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, so I'm using this platform in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey to inspire one another. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guest for today, Irene Barsky. Irene is the driving force behind Tonic, a skin-identical, peptide-driven, filler-free skincare line created with replenishing ingredients that exist in the skin naturally. Prior to building Tonic, um, Irene believes in dermal wellness and dermal science to work together in harmony. And Tonic Serum has even been dubbed as the future of beauty by Vogue. Today, we sit down with her to learn exactly how she created her brand. Thank you so much for being here, Irene. Oh, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Thank you for having me. No, the pleasure is all mine. So a first question I ask all my guests, and I kind of want it to be a summary so we can save some some meat for the podcast, mm-hmm. but who is Irene Barsky? Oh, wow. Um, definitely, I would say, you know, aside from being a founder, you know, one of the things that I've learned as moving from um, company and developing companies is just being in the moment and being selfless and caring about the team and others, um, that's become a really important thing and kind of theme in, as far as in Tonic uh, because I've raised several brands before. Um, and now it's about not what we, you know, how we monetize and what we can have um, on a brand side, but how can, we can give back to uh, our customers and the community in general. So that's something that we focus on and talk about. And I think it's so important. And I love that you started with that because that is so important to, to have a mission beyond just the product. It's the mission in the company and it's this kind of conscious capitalist approach yeah. of bringing it together. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think every founder 
is in different places at different times. But I think as you grow and develop as a founder, you find that there are, you know, I think initially you, you run to that, that space to, oh, I need to grow the company. And then I think as a second time around, you're much at a, you're working in a different space and place and what you're thinking about and how you're thinking about your team and what you care about and what matters. Definitely. But um, so I would love to go, you know, into the journey of creating Tonic, but I think it starts before that into, you know, what was your kind of upbringing like and were you always into beauty or was there something that came around? Just tell us a bit, bit before the oh, journey of Tonic. So, um, so my experience is very different. Um, I did not come from, you know, beauty and worked kind of in this space and then grew into it. I came um, from uh, a design world. I worked in corporate and I worked on Hasbro in Hasbro on Lightbrights and I worked at Tupperware redeveloping their website. I worked on the agency side, caring for some really big brands and their uh, voices and brand image. And um, I worked internally for companies doing, you know, the opposite, working with agencies in, on communicating and, you know, um, developing brands. But then I had, um, I was a co-founder in another company, uh, a fashion company, a fast kind of moving, a uh, very exciting uh, place to, to be. And then during that time, um, and I think like my relationship with beauty was kind of, you know, I, I don't know if I was very well versed in ingredients or if it mattered, I was kind of very into prestige beauty, what we define as like luxury beauty. And um, it was kind of, I would call myself very spoiled, I guess. I would be able to, you know, buy very high-end product and that I don't know if I really cared what was in the ingredients as much as that. Uh, um, you know, the brand itself, that, that was kind of my, my pick. And then, um, you know, something happened where, you know, I was working in this very fast paced environment and I got really sick and I don't mean like I wasn't feeling well, you know, I wasn't feeling well internally. That's true. But, uh, I was getting like really high fevers. I was feeling nauseous. I was sweating. I was, had rashes covering my body. And that was, a huge, um, you know, that was a huge thing. I was sick for a long time and I went through lots and lots of testing and no one could figure out what was wrong. And so it became this like very chronic pain, if you will, and living in this really strange place. And, um, finally, um, this was a very long journey. Finally, I kind of realized and pushed my my doctor team to perform an allergy test. And what came back was that I was allergic to parabens and then I was allergic to um, the sunflower, botanical sunflower uh, family, which is also called the Asteraceae family. And that includes about 30,000 species of very common plants like chamomile and uh, lettuce. So I can't eat salad. And so um, a lot of times, you know, like nettle and also daisy, very, very common ingredients that are used in beauty. So um, what ended up happening was that, you know, my allergy comes out as a contact allergy and it also comes out um, internally. So what you see like these pustules and cracking and skin kind of, you know, what you would expect from a common uh, a contact dermatitis, 
Um, it would be internally as well. So it's like anaphylactic, if you will. You know, obviously my, my team was, my doctor team was like, well, you just need to remove all these uh, products that you're using. And during that, that was like clean beauty explosion. So a lot of, um, you know, these natural botanical ingredients did slip into my products without me actually being present and knowing about that. And so, you know, it was kind of a really unusual time for me and what I was thinking and kind of what I was experiencing. So I did end up removing all the products. Um, and I think that was the easiest thing that I, I did. But what happened was because it was such an ongoing long-term um, process, my skin is synthesized. And so what that means is that um, it's highly reactive. And you can even see it now probably on my face where it flushes. And it does that uh, because, you know, my capillaries are close to the skin and the skin is synthesized essentially. So I couldn't um, use even traditional products. It was very painful. The skin was just just very reactive. And um, tonic came about kind of me standing at Whole Foods. And I, I have that, you know, we have that on, the, on, the, on our website and saying, you know, I was looking at some filler-free household products. And I said, well, what? You can't, you know, you can have filler-free food and you can have filler-free uh, household items, but you can't have filler-free skincare. How is that possible? And I think at that moment, that's kind of when uh, tonic began, if you will. It took me about an additional five years to learn about ingredients and educate myself and really um, know every ingredient. Because I think that if you are stepping into a space where you're not um, naturally in there and you haven't had um, you know, any experience with it, if you want to excel and do something very special in the space, you need to educate yourself. You need to uh, know the ingredients. You need to be able to speak to what you're building and what you're creating. And so it took me that long to educate myself, and I still educate myself on ingredients and science behind that. So kind of that's how Tana came about. You know, our growth is, has been all customers driving our growth. It's really been unusual in that way because we're, we're a tiny company, and we're literally lifted and driven by our customers. So... I love that. that. Tiny, but, tiny but mighty with a mission <laughs> that honestly, it's so true. And, and, you know, you are in a crowded space of skincare, but you're doing something which actually is not really tapped into, which I think is so important because your own experience proves yeah. that, you know, you needed the products for your own yeah. self and no, it wasn't there in the market. So you went ahead and created it, which I think is a beautiful story because any brand built from an own desire, you as your own main customer, you know, has to be, it's really a truly meaningful brand because it really is built for a reason as opposed to a boardroom or a business plan or profit driving. You know, it's a bit more personal. Right. I think that's important. Yeah. I, I think that, that, yeah, that's a huge thing. And so, you know, those five years that you spent really, um, researching and educating yourself. Mm -hmm. When was that? What was the experience like from research to eventually deciding to formulate and create a product to then actually launching it to market? So, um, and then also, if you can also explain a bit about the reason behind the name Tonic, what was that journey like? Can you go a bit more deeper into those five years? 
Oh, it was so painful. <laughs> it was it was a painful, painful process. Well, first, uh, we are the first filler-free beauty brand. It's a completely new space, and no one is really tapping. So it's a negative space and blue ocean, what you will, however you want to put it. But um, you know, no one would touch us. No one wanted to even create a product for us um, or even think about something like that because every feedback that we would get or I would get was that, hey, listen, you know, you're talking about creating a product that's all active and it's really expensive. You should put some filler in there to bulk out the product. Um, and then you can lower your price point and, you know, really focus on marketing. And to me, that was unacceptable, just unacceptable, um, you know, in the space. So we focused a lot on innovating on the formulatory end, but getting back to the five years, um, you know, I kind of had a very strange relationship and I was really uh, with myself at that time. And I was teaching, you know, learning a lot, uh, but I was very reclusive. I wanted to be left alone. I felt my face was not happy. I was not happy in the sense of with myself. So I really wanted to, you know, at that time, at that moment, my uh, previous company was acquired and I felt like kind of the universe was telling me to just retire, just go away and be in, you know, be in the space where you can get your kind of your, your own you know, being well. Um, so I had initially created um, this product, very simple kind of a uh, few formulas, and I was hoarding it and kind of <laughs> didn't want to share it with anyone and didn't want to do much with it. But my co-founder, um, Richard, insisted, you know, he tried the product and he was like, I've never seen anything like this. You need to put this out like and share this with the world because there might be other people who feel this way. And, you know, why can't we change uh, beauty and why can't we do this in this space? And I said, you know, uh, I don't know. It took me a while to kind of back and forth, back and forth. You know, we spent some time pitching Tonic for pre-launch. And that was its own very interesting experience and uh, overall. Uh, but in the end... You know, we kind of sat down, and I, um, you know, with Richard, and when we were coming up to the name, like, what should we call the company? Should we, um, what would it be like? And I said, you know, one of the things that we played with this idea of like restorative, and so tonic being um, is is pronounced tonic like a gin and tonic, but tonic is in a potion, if you will. Um, and we like the name because it's synonymous with being restorative um, because that's how we see product and that's how we focus on our formulatory side. You know, repl essentially replenishing the ingredients that already exist in your skin and working with very clean ingredients and focusing on skin health and what you would, you know, what we call dermal wellness. And the way the spelling comes out was because we were very poor. <laughs> and um, we just did not have the money to uh, spend like $500,000 on a URL. And it's a very yeah. URLs. This was like, a, you know, it wasn't 1999. Um, even it wasn't 2011. It was, you know, 20, 
2019. So it's a very saturated space to come up with a unique URL that's not hello at tonic, mm -hmm. you know. So we came up with a unique spelling of the name. And that's how it came out. It had it, the serendipitous part was the NYC just happened to be to happen naturally. We didn't see it until people were kind of like, NYC, what does that mean? You know, but that's how the name came about. And that's the spelling is just literally out of need, out of us needing to be creative. I love the name and I love also how you came around the name about the fact that it is got that synonymous feeling of when you have a tonic, that refreshing, restorative feeling. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that. And also people, yeah, people don't really realize how expensive URLs, trademark, registration costs. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, and every other, and everything's been taken. That's why it's expensive because the seller yes. will just decide on a price. And then other markets you've got to think about in other countries. So it's a, it's a tough one, but I think, you know, having a name like that's pronounce like tonic, but also I think it's more exciting to have something spelled a bit differently mm -hmm. because it also makes you stand out as a brand and it's beautiful the way it's written, um, T-A-H-N-Y-C. So I do love it. Mm -hmm. um, so, but one thing I really want to commend you on, I think people might not really understand how big of a deal it is, especially as a founder, is the fact that you went for a filler-free formula where I have fillers, you know, every, most beauty brands have fillers because it reduces costs, it, it builds up bulk, and mm -hmm. also certain fillers are needed in certain types of products, right? But yes. in skin, um, I think definitely filler-free is really showing that you're putting a lot more cost into the product and all the good stuff in the product. And I think um, you really put the customer first, which is really special. But did you have those inner demons of kind of like, or did you have a CFO telling you, Irene, great, but come on, what are you doing yeah. here? <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. Okay, so people, I think young, you know, I speak to women about, uh, you know, starting their own companies and, um, you know, really understanding uh, what it takes to uh, create a product and what it takes to like the money behind and how much things cost. In the previous world, you know, um, just being a, a founder from another side, you know, from another company, that experience, I already had that experience, but that experience is really important to know. Like you really want to know how much each product costs you, how much the bottle costs you, how much the pet costs you, how much the label costs you, the inner filling, the packaging, the outside packaging, and the shipping packages, you know, and that is actually your true cost. And that's an expensive um, thing. And I, I don't know if a lot of uh, founders really think about the dollar and cents or really realize um, you know, what goes in, even down to, you know, the printout that is, that you're including or a brochure that you're including with a package is still cost. Yeah. Um, so that's really important to know when you're, you know, when you're building a company and just to have a really good understanding of it, because I think that as you grow, you can find yourself, you know, in a lot of, in not, you know, you can find yourself needing to know the, this information because, you know, a very large volume, uh, 10 cents makes a huge difference. It becomes a hundred thousand dollars, you know? So, exactly. and we just don't think about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I did not. I, so <laughs> Richard probably keeps me grounded to answer your question, but I am, um, I'd say pretty smart cookie. Uh, I like to be very, very involved, you know, um, 
one of the things that I, I keep really, that I think is really important for every founder is to experience and really understand what it takes on every side of their business. So from the manufacturing to bottling to shipping, I think spending a day with your team, um, working next to them side by side with them, understanding their struggle is really, really important. If you're going to build something, um, so that when your team comes to you and says, Hey, listen, this is not working. This is not effective. You have the experience to say, yeah, um, I've done this and you're right. It's not working. Or, you know, a chemist comes to you and says, you know, we have this other ingredient, you know, what do you think? And you have the background knowledge to say, Hey, no, um, we stand behind this ingredient. We don't want a silicon. We want a natural green alternative. Like I always tell founders, you have a lot of say in what you um, can and cannot do. So definitely, absolutely use your, your power, get knowledge. So, so such wise words. And well, I mean, you say a word quite often, which I love as a founder is team. You said at the beginning, you said it now. So I think you really value your team and you put a lot of um, kind of trust as well, I feel, into your whole team as well as your co-founder. Um, so can you tell us a bit about how the company is formed and you know, who is your team? Is it, a, is it, again, is it a small but mighty team? Uh, what is the structure like? It is a small, <laughs> it is a small but mighty team. Um, so, you know, because we are very unique in this space, we need to be very vertically integrated. Because what we do and what we're doing in the space, you know, and on the formulatory side is such innovation. You need to be very, very in a very tight knit environment in order to be able to break some rules, you know, because you said some things that are, you know, in a formula that might be considered fillers are stabilizers. And how do you innovate there? How that's really hard thing to do. On the formula, it's a very hard thing to do on a formulatory end. Um, so we do have a very tight team, and um, you know that's a very hard also thing to build out. I think any founder would know to to have uh, people around you who see your vision and want to support that. I think part of that is being as selfless as you can be and as humble as you can be. Um, really remembering that, you know, and we tell that to customers too. We try to point that out too and kind of educate people inside and out. The, the people behind the brand, okay, and the brand itself is just, you know, are, is really the people behind the brand. So when you're talking about a brand from a customer perspective, you're talking about people who work there, who care about it, who, you know, who nurture it, who pack your packages. Um, and then on the internal side too, that's really important to like, kind of, you know, um, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you are what you breed or you, what you eat essentially. But, you know, you as a founder, like to me, it's really important to, um, to ensure that I give back to the team and I care about them first, that, that I worry a lot about them. I think about, you know, how they pay their bills, their families, are they healthy, are their safety, you know, um, that all kind of goes into my mind. I think any founder, I don't know, I think you probably think about that too, you know, exactly. how are people, you know, are they okay, you know, um, 
So I think that that's really, to me, that's really important, that uh, humility and always remembering that, like, you as a founder care, need to care about these people. And um, that's your responsibility in the end, you know. So beautifully said. And I'm the exact same. Uh, what you said, I couldn't say it better. Mm-hmm. So it is really that. And it's like a, one big family um, that you just care for each other yeah. and you care for the brand in the same equal say- sense. Uh, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. in a way um but also kind of with tonic um you know eventually like 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 a kid goes to school then goes to university and then goes to college in america and then you know lives their life Um, (laughs) do you uh as tonic is your baby as well do you feel like um like, do you see yourself nurturing it for uh, a long time or do you see yourself building it for a greater cause beyond yourself? Because a lot of founders don't know um, until a bit later, but where are you on that kind of journey spectrum of building the brand? Well, I'm always a realist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think, <laughs> I think that, and it comes, I think that kind of, you know, to say that comes from experience. Okay. I, it really does. Um, you know, I think it really does. I I just think that when you're, it's your, you know, you, you, it's your first baby. There's a lot of different things that are involved with that, and then letting go of that is really hard. Um, but I think that, you know, from my perspective, I do see Tonic bigger than myself, and that is, you know, sometimes I I was I had a really beautiful conversation with uh, an investor very, very years ago. And one of the things that, you know, I asked him is, how do you know, you know, when you're ready to take in VC money? Because women talk to me a lot about that. How do you know, or how do I do this? Or so, and he said to me, you know, I think you need to just uh, see it larger than yourself 
or you see it as just you, you know? And so it's really the decision between, do you see it that it has, the brand has um, the opportunity to be bigger than you, or is it just that you see it kind of contained to yourself? Um, I personally see tonic. There are limitations to being small. There are opportunities to being a large. Um, so I do see tonic larger than myself. Um, and that's something that we are building it towards. Does that answer that, your that's, question? No, it really does. Because I think also with skin, skin is known, skin and body, and it's a kind of a sector of beauty that's known for namesake brands, meaning that's when you start thinking it's within me. Maybe it's dermatologists, maybe it's assistants, maybe it's, you know, people with their own journey. But mm -hmm. I think for you to already have started it with Tonic as a very kind of exciting name and then see it beyond you, and, you know, more in the hands of your team and of even above that, the same exactly what I'm doing with Fable and Maine is, is we want the mission to grow bigger than, than our own mm -hmm. ego or, or our own selves in some way. Right. Yeah. And that's the most beautiful part of building a brand. And, but it is true that the thing you said about VC money and all this and advice and, you know, uh, building, even expanding to teams and markets, it's always a tricky one. And I think always kind of take yourself right. a bit, a step back and then assess what does the business need? Not just what a, uh, Irene needs. What exactly. Needs. I, I agree. I think that you're, you're so spot on. Okay. I, I, I think that a lot of like, you know, just taking that, um, a convo out to VC money, I think that there is a, some sort of you know, very bright kind of starry thing that founders think about when they see, they think about VC money. But I think that, you know, in the end, you always have to come back to say that this is a business transaction. And is this the right transaction for me and my company? You know, so I do speak a lot with women about how to go about and uh, growing and, you know, getting VC money. And I always, you know, say that um, you really need to, to, you know, think about VC like a bank, you know, um, and prove that there's something there that you have that is worth um, putting the dollar into, you know. So because in the end, it's a business partner. Exactly. So. And then the more they believe in that um, and the more they'll deliver and the more the business will deliver. So it is a very important decision. But so moving on to, I think, a very you know, prevalent topic right now with the pandemic. How has that been for the brand specifically, um, Tonic, and, you know, the navigation of it in the market? Well, I think our, you know, our focus is always safety first, but our focus was always prior to that was, um, you know, was safety as well. So um, from our change, the only, like the big change that we saw is you know, from, uh, from our side is shields. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting that we added that in. We already had the masking and the, um, gloves, um, you know, just so that that was, you know, it wasn't a huge transition, but, um, you know, on our side, we've seen, um, a lot of growth during this time, um, which is kind of, you know, I, one of the things that we do is we work a lot with, um, you know, other women founders. Uh, and I, I don't mean like brand brand founders, but retail founders. And there's been actually a lot of growth on the retail side. Um, you know, women stepping into business and starting their own things. And we're just, you know, we're there to support them as a brand. 
and provide them with product that is, um, you know, is amazing. And so we see a lot of, you know, we've seen a lot of high sell through um, with that and a lot of booming growth, which is really great. It's always, I think pandemic is, it's always, well, it's not saying it's something new to us, but it's always how you um, challenge, channel that, right? Into making it a success. Because right. there's been obviously moments where it could go the other way, but using them as opportunities for growing the business. And a lot of founders I've spoken to have said, you know, the pandemic has been to somewhat an extent a blessing for the business because it has led to growth, navigation, and, and even that digital acceleration of, of the business and, yeah. and profit, you know, and productivity. So I think it's very important, but I do want to go a bit more into you as Irene, as a, as the founder and, and as you as a, as a, as a human being, not just as the face of the business, but um, what has been your, I would say even in the last year or two, your kind of ways to stay motivated, working, uh, grounded and mindful throughout the pandemic? Oh, it's a really, really smart question and a really good one. Um, God, um, it's the pandemic personally has been really hard for me because I did lose someone to COVID. Um, and that was really, really traumatic. Uh, just, it was just a very traumatic experience because of kind of all of a sudden the doctors don't know, and you're just, you're just as lost as they are. Um, and you're just, you know, so from on a personal end, it's been really, um, hard a year emotionally, but, um, as far as grounded, um, you know, I just think that, I guess the only thing I think about is that like what we're doing is it matters. It matters to me. It matters to other people and people when they email in, they see, they see real results and, um, you know, they, they get ahead and they see that skin, uh, you know, their rash resolve or, you know, rosacea resolve, or just overall, they're just having a great skin day and they feel like part of that um, moment or is due to tonic where um, I, I think that matters. It matters to me in what, in, you know, in what we're doing. Um, and that keeps me going, but also the, yeah. my, you know, like just people around you are, are, just kind of, you know, you know, I mean, I'm sure you know that how many times you have to, I mean, you can knock your head on the wall and just keep knocking and knocking. And everyone's like, no, no, this is just, I don't know. I don't know what this is, what you're, you know, I've never seen this. You should fill it out a little bit and then maybe we'll take you, you know? Yeah. And so it's been a journey where it's a, you have to prove yourself. And the only way we can truly prove ourselves is to go to the consumer and say, Hey, do you want this? Is this crap? Or are you just, you know, is this something that matters to you? And to, uh, you know, from our side, um, obviously the, the, our growth is because people are saying, yeah, this is different. And I really like this. And I really want this in my, you know, on my uh, dresser or, you know, I want to use this. So that growth, that's very different. You know, yeah. we're not powered by marketing because we just don't, you know, we're too, we're, we're all focused on product um, because I think, you know, we don't have the, the dollar for the marketing side. We just have kick-ass product. And, and that's, that's the best way to build the brand is really through that community driven approach. And I think, 
there's that cliche of beauty, you know, does it change lives? It does. Like it truly does. Like what you're doing, you know, that even that one single person who's emailing you saying you've really changed my inner confidence, my mm-hmm. outer confidence, my, you know, my, I never had a product that suited me and even yourself as a founder, right. With the yeah. products. And that is already so motivating and fulfilling to know that you are doing your path, your, your path on a path that you can do at your pace. There's no one else telling you what to do, but I strongly believe, and I'm sure you're already seeing this with the growth, that when you focus on your consumer and customer and you do it from the grassroots, you know, bit by bit, it accelerates on its own accord. And then, as you said, when you're ready for it to be bigger than you, it will become bigger than you. And I think that's what you're on and that's what you're doing. Yeah, I think that that, that's really just a really great way of putting it. I agree. I agree. I do want to ask one question before we go to fire round um, that I ask every single guest. And it's all about travels opening up and TSA is uh, being a little bit difficult, but they are saying, look, Irene, you can take one product from Tonic, but only one. What is your go-to tonic product? It's only one? Only one. I'm being really my, harsh. But okay, t- so TSA my- is being harsh, not me. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. But it's my, like me personally, my go-to product? Your go-to product. Uh, okay. My, go- my personal go-to product is contour. But you have to know that I'm very... And now at this, I would be called mature skin. So <laughs> in beauty, I'm, I'm past, I'm not no longer young skin. Um, so my go-to product would be contour. And what is, I mean, I'll, I'll allow you another one, but what's like the hero product from the range by your customers that like everyone's going to? Uh, so yeah, uh, oilless and um, mo- uh, niacinamide 5, mo- any of the molecules, niacinamide molecules, I think go really well incredible well we're going to go to the fire round questions so kind of first things that comes to your top of your mind um so i'll start by saying what's another beauty or skincare or wellness brand that you are currently loving wow <laughs> just what i go straight to it, That's it. okay <laughs> okay okay um okay so i <laughs> <laughs> All right, I I, I will. I'll say. I, I'll. This is why I will say this. Okay, so I I I don't use any other product. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because I can't. Sometimes I can. Sometimes I can't. Um, but I also don't like. So I respect every brand, the beauty brand that's out there, and I basically tunnel myself so I don't look at any of their products or any of their IG that. or any of their world. So I just, because I don't want, you know what I mean? I look at I get for it. inspiration. We look at fashion, different spaces. I don't want to, I respect them so much. I would never want to hurt them in any way or like, you know what I mean? I, I don't yeah, know how to I totally, say it. But, but also, yeah. you know, I think it comes from you and your own journey using, you know, your products. Um, Cause the one that works for you, but also, to keep you motivated in your journey is just do it your way. You know, sometimes it can be very crowded. You can get distracted. You can get, Oh, they're doing this. They're doing that. And I think it's actually really important. What you said is, uh, there is no right and wrong. There's just do it your way. And if it works, it works. And I think that's actually very important. I actually feel sometimes when I try to use too many products, um, or, uh, or follow too many brands, it gets very overwhelming. I even lose track of my own mission. And sometimes, the yeah. whole ethos of 
I don't really like over product using. Like I think less is more sometimes. We don't mm-hmm. need to have everything in the cupboard. Like for makeup, I'll say. So uh, so I, I for makeup, well, um, I still use Chanel. It's okay. I, I left Dior, so you can say that. Before I would have been like... Chanel is pretty good. I, I hope none of my Dior... Uh, colleagues that were listening but, uh, but uh, i i like i do like their their um the eye stuff but i think that they're okay so that is just i think there are so many amazing uh brands that you can look at that you know to give money if you're going to spend dollar you should explore some of these amazing beauty brands that are innovating clean beauty brands that are innovating in space and um you know push your dollar. i mean to me um when I, when I will spend or I will go for a, a smaller brand, this is just a product that I've had for a long time. Yeah, I love that. Uh, what's a guilty pleasure of yours? Bagels. That is, uh, I just, actually, <laughs> I recently started eating bagels last few days. So it's very interesting you said that and I fell in love with them again. Bagels are very good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't. So I don't eat, um, like I haven't had, so I don't eat uh, processed foods a lot. Yeah. Um, I haven't done that in over 20 years. So like no Coke, no soda, yeah. um, no breads of any kind or anything like that. Um, and so uh, bagels have been a very kind of a guilty pleasure lately. Bagels with cream cheese? <laughs> no, bagel with dates. With dates? Ah, well, Yeah, no, no cream cheese. <laughs> yeah, with dates. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Well, I've, I'm going to try that. Never had that. I love that. Um, and what are you currently watching or reading? Uh, so watching, I just finished. Um, what was that? Oh, my God. Such a great show. Um, he's a UK guy. Uh, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to Google, like, get you that name. But yeah. it's, it's the British, this British guy. Okay. Famous British uh car driver goes and does farming is it jeremy clarkson yes does farming yeah. is that his farming show yes yeah, so yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. but you have to watch that it's amazing it's such a funny funny and such a real experience i mean truly um, amazing. It, it's kind of like being a founder <laughs> and the, the, and um, the feelings definitely agree and what are you reading uh, I am reading, so right now I'm actually uh, reading uh, a science um, research study uh, in regards to the difference of um, vegan hyaluronic acid versus animal-based hyaluronic acid and some studies that were done uh, to see how um, the skin is tolerating and the differences um, of absorption. I read a lot of science data, so that's something that... I love it. And also, as you said, you're always still expanding your knowledge. And I would love to actually later on, a, on another date, pick your brain on that, because I'm really into the whole, as a vegan and animal lover, to see, does it actually yeah. perform better than the animal-derived one? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Uh, and what's your favorite social media platform right now? Probably, uh, probably IG. Um, IG, yeah. But you can also, uh, say, you can also yeah. say LinkedIn, WhatsApp, uh, Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, but IG. Yeah, IG. It's probably where I spend most of my time. So, Me you know, too. yeah, probably yeah. IG. <laughs> I'm in between LinkedIn and IG, but but also TikTok is great. I mean, that's a very interesting platform. Um, and my last question is, if you weren't, you know, a beauty brand founder, 
what would you be doing? I would be a surgeon, probably a neurosurgeon. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> oh, now I know where, yeah. where the brain's gone from. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to be a doctor when I was very young, but my parents felt um, that they wanted me to be an artist. So, <laughs> well, you completely know. different. I love that. Who knows? But I think, well, I think right now, I think being a brain neurosurgeon might be a little bit tricky, but you never know. You could still go into it. Um, but, <laughs> but I think what you've got... With might be, it might be past, yeah, <laughs> way past my... <laughs> but you know what? I think you've got your own to something with tonic, so stick to this for now. Um, I, I've been such a pleasure to speak to you, Irene, and Thank to hear you. your story you of how you built tonic. And where can everyone find you or, you know, tonic uh, on Instagram or on the website? Yeah, so it's tonic.com and at IG, it's tonic, which is really great. So T-A-H-N-Y-C. Um, and uh, as far as me directly, it, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but you can also, follow the brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you can, uh, you know, I don't have a personnel, but you, if you, if you really want to, to reach me, you can leave, um, a DM to the team and it will get to me. Yeah. So Amazing. yeah, I'm very like, you, you can reach me. <laughs> Amazing. Or even like via website, right? Just an email uh, once you've used it. Yeah, yeah. You can you be like, that. this is for Irene and can you pass Amazing. it on to Irene? Well, all the links will be in the summary to this podcast. So you can click directly to all the socials and the website. But in the meantime, I advise you all to check out Tonic um, and continue uh, seeing the journey of how it grows into a really successful brand that I know it, it, it is and it will continue to be doing so. Thank you, Irene, for so much. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable and Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.